Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we bring on play-by-play voice of the United States National Development Program, Pete Krupski, to help profile Will Smith and the other draft-eligible players. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. And as I said in the uh, cold open, we are joined today by Pete Krupski. He is the play-by-play voice of the USNTDP, the United States National Team Development Program. Pete, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, Let's have a little fun. Yeah, so our goal today, Pete, is, uh, well, you're well aware, but the listeners, we're going to take a look at some of the um, players from the USNDP who are eligible for the draft uh, just in a few months here, but kind of take a, a, a spotlight on that Will Smith kid more than anything. But before we get into that, I just want to ask because it is kind of clear. I think you and I have had conversations. A lot of fans don't really have a clear understanding of what the US NTDP is um, and what it does. And I, I mean, even myself could use further clarification because if you go on any player's page, Will Smith, for instance, this year it has them registered as having played for the and the U18 team in the USDP league and 104 points, but then also playing for the US NTDP juniors of the USHA, uh, USHL having 42 points. So I think a lot of people don't really understand what it is that you guys down the road, up the road in Plymouth are doing, like, and how that league works. So maybe can you just help us understand? So the national team development program was, was uh, formed in 1996 started play in 1998 and I'm going to fast forward to now there are two <laughs> teams there are two teams in Plymouth there's a U17 team which is 2006 birthdays as you know if you talk to scouts they don't care what your name is they want to know what your birthday is mm-hmm. so 2006 is the birthday for the U17s 2005 this year is the group that you're really interested in the U18 teams and they both play schedules the U18s play a hybrid schedule of U.S. United States Hockey League games. They play against NCAA Division I teams, and they also play an international competition. The U18 team right now is preparing for the Stanley Cup of the National Team Development Program, the IIHF World U18 Championships, which is going to start Thursday in Switzerland. They're going to start uh, against Latvia on Thursday on the 22nd against Norway, on the 23rd against Finland, and on the 25th against Switzerland, and then they get into uh, uh, quarterfinal and round-robin play and all of that. But that's the Stanley Cup of the National Team Development Program. And um, uh, we were supposed to host it a couple of years ago at USA Hockey Arena, but COVID got in the way, so they of had course. to move it somewhere else. But this is the top 17- to 18-year-old players playing in the world All the NHL scouts will be there. 
Obviously, the NHL Network will be covering it. And so for Red Wing fans, if you want to see Will Smith in person or at least on television, that's one of the best places to uh, to watch. The U-17 team is um, plays primarily in the United States Hockey League. So they play teams like the Muskegon Lumberjacks, the Youngstown Phantoms, or the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders, or the Chicago Steel, where Adam Fantilli played before he went to the University of Michigan. And uh, so we have two teams going on simultaneously. They both play in the USHL as one team. Um, uh, So the U-17 team will play 39 games in the USHL. The U-18 team plays 23 games in the USHL. It could be on a Saturday night. The U-17s win at home against Muskegon. The U-18s win on the road at Chicago. That counts as two wins for Team USA. So Team USA right now is in second place in the USHL's Eastern Conference. Two games left in the season. They're playing at Youngstown this weekend. Our playoffs will start, or the USHL playoffs will start next week at some point. So you have two teams going on simultaneously. Roughly 45 of the best uh, uh, 16-year-old, 17-year-old players in the country. Not everybody, but almost all of them. We get it all the time. Well, it's not everybody. No, every every player's path is different. Some players Mm -hmm. play elsewhere. But these are among the top 16- and 17-year-old players you're going to see in the country. And they work here for two years. They don't get traded. They don't get cut. And they start as 15-year-olds as as young boys, and they leave close to 18 years old as young men. And they go – 80% of them go to college hockey. Most of them get drafted by the National Hockey League. So – uh, in a nutshell, that's what the national team development program is all about. Well, the the Plymouth USA Arena. It's I've covered a lot of games there, and it's fascinating seeing all the banners like yeah. around and and seeing all the names right like that have played for this program and in that building and whatnot. And and I know that there's uh, several arenas, but like that, it's just so fascinating seeing the all the banners and all you know like the best players in the NHL, like a large majority of some of the best names are, are, you know, hanging on walls around that building. It's really fascinating. Well, this year, you know, the NHL regular season ended uh, on the weekend. We had 102 players, uh, NTDP players play in the NHL. So, and every year it goes up incrementally. When I started 2015, it was roughly 80. And every year it goes up by a couple of different players. And um, it, it's, it, it is amazing to me to see how these players start as U7 teams and continue to get better. And they actually sometimes get better once they go to college. We don't, we don't always mm-hmm. see the best of, pick the name, Brock Faber, uh, pick the name, Tyler Clevin, pick the name, Jake Sanderson, Thomas Bortolo, on and on and on and on. But we – we kind of set the template for them, and then they go on to college, and from there, most of them go on to the NHL. Over half of our guys that play full-time for the NTDP are NHL draft picks. Now, what happens once they leave us, it's hard to say, but uh, we have a pro- – I think it's something like 375 to 380 uh, NTDP guys have been drafted by the NHL. That's over half of the full-time members of the National Team Development Program since 1990. I mean, that's 1999. That is, that's just an incredible success rate. And, you know, the U S 
NTDP program has become just like this pipeline of, you know, professional talent, uh, whether or not that leads to the actual NHL, but college for sure, AHL, ECHL, at any kind of level, like these players find success more times than not. And this, this, this hybrid schedule is so fascinating to me. How did it become such a powerhouse at developing talent? Like how did this, how did this structure come to be? Like there's such a, such a, a way of doing it for so long that all these different teams and programs have done. And then the development program comes out and we're like, okay, we're going to have two teams that are going to both play on the same league at the same time. The 18s are also going to be playing international hockey how did this become the method and the successful method at developing professional talent? Well, we got to go back to 1996 and USA Hockey felt that uh, the United States was falling behind in international competition and in the Olympics and maybe in the National Hockey League. Not enough players were being developed well enough. What's happened uh, over the last 25 years or so, USA Hockey has developed uh, a coaching method called the uh, the ADM, uh, I think it's called the the American Developmental Method. And so we follow these methods. And uh, uh, when the players come in in August as uh, as 16-year-olds playing for the U-17s, they're treated as young professionals. And they're expected to not only uh, operate well on the ice, but also uh, develop well in academics, uh, also uh work on the, off the ice in terms of training and all of that. And usually in the early years of the U-17s, they get, they get their head handed to them. They lose a lot of games. Uh, this year's U-17 team is actually ahead of the curve. They're 35, 19, and 2. Wow. But for the most part, the U-17 teams struggle. But by the time they become U-18s, they're, they're dominant. And uh, example, the, the group we're going to talk about here in a moment uh, the 2005 group last year, they won only two games at USA Hockey Arena all of last year. They were under 500. This year, as I look at their record, they co- they come into the IHF World U18s at 42-9, two and two, and they ran the table at, at USA Hockey Arena. They won every game except two, in which they lost to, in shootouts. So. The development is rapid. It's it's unbelievable to watch these kids come in when, when they're U-17s and see how they literally grow up to become young men by the time they leave at U-18. And they're only here for two years. Sometimes fans have a hard time with that. But it's not that much different from, say, college hockey, yeah. where guys leave after a year or two years, or college basketball, where a guy might play one, one year and done, or even college football right now. It's the same kind of thing. But the development of our players is is unbelievable. You watch them between their U-17 year and uh, after the U-17 year is done, they will stay in town in Plymouth because they're still going to school in the area. So they're not playing, so they have nothing else to do, so they work out in our training center. And all of a sudden, a guy that was 165 pounds when he started, you look at at him at U-18, he's grown about two inches, and he might be 15 to 20 pounds heavier. And that's where a lot of our success comes in. It's the work these guys put in between the U-17 year and the U-18 year. And I can certainly uh, vouch for that for the current 2005 team that we're going to talk about. Awesome. Uh, we're joined by Pete Krupp, 
uh, Krupski, the play-by-play voice of the United States National Team Development Program. And when we come back, we're going to dive into Will Smith, a potential target for the Detroit Red Wings with that presumed ninth overall pick because we're still waiting on the lottery to see how that shakes out. But first, before we get to that, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. This sounds like it's a read for Scotty, not for me. And there's no better place to get that. Get in on MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official, sport, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Pete Krupski, the play-by-play voice of the United States National Team Development Program. That is a mouthful, my good friend, <laughs> to, to say. Well, the first uh, time I said it on the air, I, I messed it up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not the mistake. I, I always say on the air, it's not the mistake. It's the recovery. There you go. True that. And so, Scotty, let's start delving into Will Smith. I've seen this kid, and Will Smith, for those who are unaware, he's a center. He's six foot, 172 pounds. He is presumed, assumed to go somewhere between seven and 15, depending on the mock draft you look at, which is Red Wings are going to have two picks kind of right in that range. They'll have the presumed ninth overall pick if the lottery doesn't change that. And then probably somewhere between 18 and 20, given what the Islanders team is doing right now. I want to talk about this kid because, Pete, you sent me some highlight packages and I, I knew what I had read about him saying that he was a really well-rounded player overall, but the highlights you sent me and I know they're highlights, so they're going to look good on him, but he has soft hands, great hockey IQ and is a fantastic passer. Like, is that, is what I'm seeing in highlights really what he is just in general? Well, you're correct. And one thing I didn't send you in the highlights uh, this year, he was plus 56 and over two years, he's close to plus 75. So a lot of good things are happening when Will Smith is on the ice. Now I I have to say, I mean, a lot of the uh, draft talk says, well, this draft is, it's all, uh, it's all Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli, but I agree with the both of you. And I agree with what NHL scouts says. Yeah. Those two are outstanding players. They're probably going to go one, two or two, one, but scouts are going to find good players later on in the draft. And certainly Will Smith is one of them. Uh, I've had a coach with the NTDB compare Will Smith to Jack Hughes. Now somebody that nitpicks and there are a lot of people that do say, well, Jack Hughes is left. He's a left shot. Will Smith is a right shot. But one thing you can't argue about, he generates scoring chances. He can do it with his wingers which this year was uh, Gabe Perot and Ryan Leonard. He can do it by himself. Um, he's an outstanding skater. He's got a real good hockey IQ. Uh, on a defensive side, I mean, if you're scoring 110 points, you know, you really don't worry too much about defense. But he's a well-rounded player. He has something like 13 family members that have attended Boston College. So guess where he's going this year? Right. Boston College. <laughs> I don't think he's ready for the NHL. In fact, I don't think any of these NTDB guys we're talking about are going to play in the NHL next year, but possibly in two years. But Will Smith is the real deal. Uh, if he's sitting there at nine 
and the Red Wings want to take him, they're going to get a fine player. Now, having said that, there was a draft a couple of years ago. Quinn Hughes was sitting there, and they took Philip Sedina. Who would you rather have now? And Different general against, manager. <laughs> nothing against Sedina, okay? I'm sure he's a great guy. I know he works hard. He's a great guy in the room. But if you look at Sedina, you look at Hughes, I mean, what 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 do you want to say? Come on. And from what I understand, Red Wing scouts had been going to watch Quinn Hughes play all year long, and it yep. sounded like they were dead set on picking Quinn Hughes. Until yep. Zadina fell and they made like a, a, a snap decision. Ken Holland made a snap decision. And well, we have a different general manager now. So, and well, you know, I, I will say this <laughs> I've talked to some people in the business, and the feeling is perhaps they watched you so much, they overanalyzed, and, and, and maybe, you know, they nitpicked his game so much, they said, well, Hughes is good, but we're going to go Zadina. What, what, whatever. My friend is Craig Button, and he <laughs> says, you know, you pick your player and you live with it. And you don't overthink it too much. But if I'm – and I, I I saw Ken Holland sitting at all of our games. He sat in the same spot every game. Why they did not pick Quinn Hughes over Philip Sedina, I have no clue. But that's their choice. Hey, Quinn has done a great job in Vancouver. Philip Sedina, I'm sure, is a great guy. And I hope it works out for him. But it just might take a little longer. Mm-hmm. But for I'm sure. getting off topic here. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's it's uh it's it's off topic for maybe what we're talking about, but it is certainly a topic that is talked about very I, often in uh, in the city of Detroit. I'll tell you Pete, that. I promise you, you saying that is gonna just kick off a whole thread in our comment section talking about <laughs> Philip Zedina. He is uh, well, they might be ripping me too. So, but no, that's okay. I, I not. Gonna <laughs> They're not gonna rip you. Um, talking about uh Smith though, the you, you mentioned something when you were describing the style of his game as just a guy that creates opportunities. And when looking at, you know, where the points are coming from, he obviously gets a a lot of assists. And that's not, you know, 40 goal score or whatever last year. That's not to say he's not very talented in putting the puck in the back of the net. But what causes him on the ice, what allows him, I guess is probably the better word, to create so many opportunities and and to get so many assists and and to be kind of the focal point and in the center of goal scoring plays so often? Well, first of all, he's playing on a dynamic line with uh, Ryan Leonard and uh, Gabe Perot. The three of them are outstanding. All three are going to Boston College. If they have played a full season in the United States Hockey League instead of 23 games, they, even though they only played 23 games, I think they're the best line in the United States Hockey League together. If they have played 60 games in the USHL, hard to say how many points they would have. They would be averaging over two points per game. They would be a top line in the USHL. They would be a top line in any, any junior league throughout North America. And they all complemented one another. What, what puts Will Smith apart is his skating. He's faster than most people. He shifts faster than most people. And his IQ is outstanding. And it, that, that just translates into scoring chances pretty much any time he has the puck. Uh, the last two home games they played were two games against the Muskegon Lumberjacks, a pretty good USHL team that is going to miss the playoffs this year. Uh, the U18s won 10 to nothing and 10 to one. And I mean, you can't hit what you can't catch, right? And our guys just just blew by the Muskegon. And I I, I respect the Muskegon Lumberjacks, but on those two nights it was all U18s and Will Smith and Gabe Perot. And uh, Ryan Leonard were a big part of that. 
and so one thing that you mentioned in, that when you were talking about how a comparable for Will Smith was Jack Hughes and one of the pushbacks was like, oh, well, Will Smith is a right-hander. That's actually kind of a huge deal for the Detroit Red Wings because they have like next to no right-handed shots, especially down the middle uh, or even on the wings for that matter. And I don't think that that's like, that's for Red Wings fans and our listeners, like that's something that they should take. Now it's not going to make or break whether or not the Red Wings, if they see a left-hander who's going to be, they think next level player, they're not going to take Will Smith just simply because he's a right-hander, but that's a big deal for a team that lacks that, that in terms of depth. And like in, when you watch him on the ice, has there been any, like what's the ratio to left-handers, right-handers on the ice? And has that provided him maybe a, an edge in face-offs for instance, um, well, or anything like uh, that with, with that particular line, Gabe Perot can also play center. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, look, if I'm Steve Eiserman and I'm I'm not telling Steve Eiserman what to do, believe me. No, the Eiser no. the Eiser plan is well in place. <laughs> but I think if Will Smith is sitting there ninth overall, they want a right-handed uh centerman, kind of like Steve Eiserman was when he was playing in Peterborough and, and later on, they're gonna take Will Smith. I mean, you can do a heck of a lot worse. Um whether he's a right-handed centerman or left-handed centerman, I don't think matters. The fact is over the last two years, he's generated a ton of offense, electric, similar to uh, Jack Hughes. To me, he's a lot like Matt Barzell, except he scores more. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a right-handed comparable, maybe Matt Barzell. But Barzell, uh, according to some people I know, is considered a little bit more selfish. But uh, Will Smith, Gabe Perot, and Ryan Leonard are all helping themselves uh, to possibly being picked in each in the first round of the NHL draft. That's phenomenal. Uh, we're joined by Pete Krupski, the play-by-play voice of the United States National Development Program. And when we come back, we'll continue this conversation. We'll wrap up this conversation. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product you got to use literally every day. Start taking AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost over $100 a day. But guess what? AG1 is going to cost you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Pete Krupski, the play-by-play voice of the USN, USNTDP. I'm going to get the shorthand down uh, if I say it enough times. Pete, when talking about Will Smith, my final question is, is what is there, if anything, that he needs to improve on to take that next step from 
college bound player to potentially a professional. Well, he needs, he, he will get bigger and stronger. I think that's the only thing that, uh, that he needs to improve on. He needs to get bigger. He needs to get stronger. And when you go to college for a year or two, you're, that's going to happen. And the beauty of whoever picks him doesn't have to pay him right away. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to go to college. He's going to go to Boston college. He's probably going to play with his buddies, uh, Gabe Perot and Ryan Leonard, and he's going to get bigger and stronger. He's going to get more experience. So by the time he's ready for the NHL, hopefully you'll be able to plug him in and, and he'll be a productive player right off the bat. I, I did want to ask, you know, you've mentioned that entire line so often and they are like very clearly were the three most productive players on the team as far as points go. Yep. Um, but Gabe Perot led the team in points, no? And and I, I it's it's just I'm wondering what the when looking at mock drafts, like Will Smith is is the highest of the three, and then like Leonard is usually kind of generally somewhere a little bit behind Smith, and then Gabe, despite leading the team in points, is in most mocks kind of the third of three between them. And I'm just wondering, in your opinion and, and your analysis there, what is the thing that separates the three of them from each other? I guess if that's worded right. I'm not sure that uh, any one thing separates them. I think some scouts feel that if Perot is playing with somebody else or on a different line, he wouldn't be so productive. But I know what the scouts tell me. Gabe Perot's hockey IQ is off the charts, and he would be productive no matter who he would play with. I think it was, I think with Gabe Perot this year, it was a matter of, again, the difference between a U-17 year, getting bigger, faster, stronger, and, of course, playing with the players he's playing with has led him to get 110 points. Also, by the way, I might might add plus 64 for him and plus 75 (laughs) over two years. So something is going right when he is on the ice too. Um, You know, his his father is Yannick Perot, who played in the NHL. He's out of the Chicago area. Uh, Why he's a little bit lower than the others, I'm not really sure. But again, I do know if he's sitting there 20th to 30th in the NHL draft, somebody's going to get a heck of a good player. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because these prospect pages half the time don't have the positions 100% correct, but Perot's listed as a winger, while both Leonard and Smith are listed as centers. Could that maybe have something to do with the fact that Perot's listed a little bit lower because he's listed as a winger rather than the other guys who can play center? Brian, I think you're nitpicking. He could play both effectively. Well, that's why I was like, correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, I'm not (laughs) correcting you. I'm just saying he could play either one. But uh, on this current line, he's a left wing, but he takes – in, in some instances, in some face-off plays, just as many face-offs as Will Smith does. Uh, you know, and, and again, I, I, I have to look at the player, look at his develop, de- development over the last two years. Gabe Perot, I mean, he's the real deal. Coaches tell me his hockey IQ is off the charts, and that's hard to describe here. If you get look, take a look at some of the clips I sent, at least to, oh, to yeah, yourself, <laughs> you'll definitely see some of that hockey IQ. And so when talking about on um, the opposite side, Ryan Leonard, uh, what does Ryan Leonard bring to that line to that, that makes him such a, I mean, like Scotty said, he's just behind Will Smith on so many mock drafts. I think the one I'm looking right at right now from sports that has Smith listed as sixth, and then Ryan Leonard listed as eighth. So he's not far behind. Well, he plays with an edge. I mean, nobody fights anymore in hockey, but he definitely plays with an edge. I, I I've sent you some clips and, uh, one goal comes to mind recently. Um, we're playing Muskegon, and he was in the defensive zone, the NTDP defensive zone, got knocked on his butt, got himself up, 
skated through center, went into the offensive corner, ran into another defenseman, uh, scrubbed with him, went out in front of the net to the gritty area of the ice and was able to took a couple of hits from the same defenseman, fought him off, picked up the loose puck and scored. This is vintage Ryan Leonard. I mean, he'll do whatever he has to do to score a goal. He's not the biggest guy in the world. You could call him, not not to use the moniker from Pat Verbeek, a little ball of hate. Yeah, <laughs> he's a little ball of hate. He really is. But he's got some talent to back it up. Over two years, he's close to plus 80. He's an outstanding penalty killer to go with a good offensive player. You put him with Oliver Moore, you've got a sports center highlight. And that actually happened in the Five Nations tournament. Um, Ryan Leonard scored a sports center goal uh, set up by Oliver Moore. So another well-rounded player. He's going to go to Boston College. He's got a brother that plays uh, uh, professional hockey. He's in the, um, in the Nashville system. But he plays with an edge. He plays with passion. My only worry about Ryan Leonard, I hope he never gets hurt because he leaves it all out in the ice. He's got that that passion, but he's got skill to back it up too. Love that. Sounds like uh, uh, 18-year-old Tyler Bertuzzi that we just parted ways with a little well, bit. Well, he might there. be better than Tyler Bertuzzi. I saw Tyler Bertuzzi as an 18-year-old. Leonard <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Tyler's, uh, got, lo- Tyler's got longer hair. <laughs> probably True. less teeth. No, I saw Tyler Bertuzzi play with the Guelph Storm, and he was a pretty good player there. Ryan Leonard is ahead of him at the same age. Love that. Love it. Scotty, do you have any final questions uh, for Pete here? I don't think so. I, I, I really, this is amazing insight. This is a really, really fun conversation. I appreciate you. Awesome. Pete, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Uh, do you have any last things you want to say? Do you want to plug anything, like where the people can find you on Twitter, things like that? All right. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. I, I'd like to tell you that uh, the National Team Development Program or Team USA is playing in the USHL Clark Cup playoffs. We don't play for Stanley. We play for Clark. And the playoffs start next week. We're either going to be playing on Monday uh, in the first round. If we finish second, we get a buy into the second round, and that'll be in the following weekend. That'll be uh, the 28th and 29th. So you get your tickets by calling. 734-453-8400, extension 396. This will be the U-17 team, but they're they're playing over 500. I don't know how far they're going to go in the playoffs, but you're going to see uh, you're going to see these guys when they're 16 going on 17. Um, they have not been drafted yet, but we'll have at least 20 to 25 NHL teams there watching. You'll see some great hockey at USA Hockey Arena. If you don't know where that is, 14900 Beck Road in in Plymouth, Michigan. Give us a call at 734-453-8400 to get your tickets. Other than that, uh, the 2005 group, we annually average 15 to 17 players taken in the NHL draft. I think we're going to hit that number again this year. Uh, Not all the guys are going to go in the first round, but uh, when you go seven rounds – we'll have a pretty representative group taken one more time. Absolutely. And guys, if you can go check out some games down, it's just a stone's throw to go to Plymouth and you're watching some of the best, well, not some of probably the best young players in the nation, which it's incredible opportunity. It's so what I'd like to do with both of you. If we're still around next season, come early next year. When we start up, I'll give you a tour of the building. I'll let you meet some of the players. Our U 17 team, 
is going to be a U18 team next year. They've got a guy playing with the U18s now by the name of Cole Iserman. And it's not the same as Steve Iserman. It's, it's EIS, spelling. right? Huh? EIS, right? Uh, yeah. He currently has 59 goals on the year. That's a U17 record. He's already considered to be uh, p- perhaps the top pick in the 2024 draft, uh, along with uh, Macklin Celebrini, who plays for the Chicago Steel. Um, so you guys, you know, we're all around next year. Come on, you're coming as my guest. I'm going to give you a tour of the building. You're going to meet some of these guys. They are young professionals, and uh, they get me enthused every day. When I when I interact with them, they'll do the same with you. Well, I am 100% down to do that. Yeah, yeah, of course. That sounds yeah. like a blast. Uh, that 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 would be amazing. Um, again, thank you so much, Pete, for coming on yeah, and talking with it. us. Scotty, well, I'll help you anytime. Thanks for everything. Of course. Scotty, what do we do? We ball. We ball. We back with a new episode tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have Prashant Iyer on for another draft profile. So stay tuned. Same time, same place. It's your team every, every day. day.